Berkshire Football Stories podcast is sponsored by the Curious Academy, a skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills bootcamp and data analytics training in Reading. The Curious Academy is all about you and creating positive outcomes, whether that is finding a career, starting a business or just walking away feeling much more confident about life. Their programs are designed for people who have lost their way a bit and are looking to change their futures, maybe rebuild their confidence or be pushed slightly out of their comfort zone in a safe and friendly environment. Group sizes are small to ensure everyone has an opportunity to get involved. The Curious Academy delivers inspirational and fun programs designed to help people wanting to improve their skills, whatever their background. You can find out more at www.thecuriousacademy.co.uk. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by Ticket Pass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Hi everybody, Tom Canning here for the Berkshire Football Stories podcast. Um, we are chatting today, we're chatting about uh, Hungerford Town, we are chatting with the current chairman Patrick Chambers, the outgoing chairman Patrick Chambers. Patrick, hello. Good morning Tom. Morning, thanks for thanks for joining me. Um, it's probably a bittersweet moment, I think you, I'd imagine you, you, wish, you kind of you kind of imagined your you're leaving Hungerford to to be sort of um, perhaps not having to cope with a relegation at the same time. Um, how are you feeling? Is it sunk, kind of sunk in yet? Yeah, I mean, the last couple of weeks have been very flat, you know, from a football perspective. And I think the flatness crept in was after that bank holiday draw with Hammond and Waterlooville. Again, we we we, we should have won. Um, and literally on the last minute, on the last seconds, the last kick of the game, we had probably the best opportunity of the 90 minutes and it fell to probably the lad who's been our best player all season, Ryan Jones. And he, it literally was just that far wide. And that you could see what that drained out of the players. It just sucked the life out of them because they worked so hard that second half. And yeah, didn't get the result, which then meant Mathematically, we could have still stayed up, but then it was starting to look. Hold on a minute, this is this is a real a real tough ask. And then, obviously, relegation was finally confirmed. You know, with the draw against Dulwich Hamlet, <clears throat> and to be fair, in conversations with Ben Clasper, the chairman of Dulwich, a good friend of mine. We both sort of knew before the game kicked off that it was likely come five o'clock, either Hungerford would be relegated or Dulwich could be further in trouble. Mm. And as it happened, you know, the draw actually relegated us and lo and behold, you know, a week later, Dulwich Hamlet, you know, joined us in, in, in relegation. So, and again, the Dulwich game, second half, you know, we, we were completely dominant another another draw and even Ben sort of was so apologetic after the game and he said I'm so sorry I'm just so sorry you, you didn't deserve that and we didn't deserve anything from that game you know he, 
But it's been, it's been the story of our season. Mm. We've had you know managers of other clubs saying, "Why well, are you down there? You're one of the best teams we've played." You know, even Ebbsfleet, right early on in the season, they only managed to beat us one nil um, at our place. And you know, Dennis sort of said to our gaffer, "I think you're the best team we've played." But it, the goals, you know, the goals yeah. was, uh, you know, Ryan Seeger, Solvang, Joe Smith. The goals that they delivered last season, not only goals they scored, but the assists, the involvement in the game, we never replaced them. Is it is that something that that you you sort of feel you could have done something about, or or in the summer yourselves, Danny Danny Robinson, your manager, you, did you, were you kind of exhausting all angles to try and replace those goals, or do, do you feel do you feel like a bit of regret at all? Definitely, always some regret, you know. Um, because the budget <clears throat> this season was actually about a bit higher than the season before when we finished 12th, because my agreement with Danny was that the money that came from the Seager move and sole compensation we would put into the budget. But what you've got to look at is the, is the bare facts. You know, we, we signed Ryan Seager three seasons ago, you know, on very, very little money. <laughs> We did have to, you know, address that. But it, you know, by his standards, you know, he was still not on a fortune. We we put him on that two year contract because we we could see that the chance of last season he would have another really good season. And our agreement was there was a release clause and please go do your stuff. And Hungerford gave him that wonderful platform. He he really enjoyed his time with us. In fact, he came and played in a charity game on Sunday. You know, after scoring two goals for Dorking Wanderers in the National League on Saturday. So that's the measure of the man. You know, prostate cancer game. See, you put the nine shirt on and guess what? Scored within minutes. <laughs> uh, no surprise there. Um, yeah, so it, we, we, a ready-made goal scorer like Ryan Seeger, even at step two, you know, they're earning anything from £800 to £1,200 a week. And, you know, we're not... We were never going to be shopping in that that budget, um, so we we brought a few lads in over the summer from step three, from step four, which we've been successful before. You know, Sol came from Slimbridge, you know, step four as a youngster, um, but it just didn't work out. And although we flattered to deceive in some games, probably created more chances, probably over the season. I'm not look to the actual stats, but I wouldn't be surprised if we actually got more chances and, and defensively we were very strong. Um, didn't concede many goals. Our goal difference actually until Saturday, the drubbing at Ebbsfleet was the best in the bottom six. Um, but by the time sort of Christmas came and we were, you know, well adrift, bottom of the league, we then did manage to bring in David Bremang, um, who'd left Crawley Town he was something else, you know, four goals in four games and then does his, does his ACL. You know, Dan Roberts had come in on loan from Dartford, scored two in his first three. He did his hamstring. You know, so he suddenly saw some goals and, oh, no, yeah, they've, they've gone again. Um, took a while for Dan Roberts to get fit. By the time he did, he then broke his finger and had to have surgery on it. So, couldn't do any contact sports, you know, there's a <clears throat> clear with him. Look, Dan, 
that's quite serious what we've had to do there minimum three weeks you've got to do nothing yeah so then you know joe boachi came in again doing okay at step two but not 100 percent proven and more of a number 10 or a provider we brought we took a chance on great evans again from step three came in with a few goals and yeah goals have have been the problem but we we have tried yeah we've we failed that's that's all you can say we got our recruitment wrong over the summer and danny the gaffer has been quite public about that and put his hand up but when you're when you're shopping at aldi you know you you can't go to marks and spencers and waitrose you've got to hope that you you uncover one and and this season we didn't it's a it seems like it's a very fine line between finishing above that relegation zone and and finishing in it and and unfortunately, this this season, you, uh, Hungerford have fallen fallen the wrong side of it. I mean, I, I I know Danny. I speak to Danny quite a lot. He's he's been very very successful as a manager, and 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 um, I did message him briefly a couple of weeks ago, and and it does seem it's this this one this will hurt him. Yeah, no, it's it's not the stuffing out of him because, like you say, he he's used to fighting at the other end of the table, mm. or at least you know delivering. And he feels. He feels bad, you know. He, he feels like he's, you know, he's let let me down and the fans down. And but you know, he and I know know the truth, and and, and I feel similar. You know, I, in some respects, I'm glad that I announced that I was moving on at the end of the season. I think was it second week of January, hmm. you know, it was quite a long time ago. And and the main reason for that was to try and work with the committee to to find other people that would come and join the committee and, and help and a couple of people have put themselves forward but if anybody listens to this they fancies getting involved with a lovely football club a wonderful football club the chairman's role is still available um you know we'd, we'd love to talk to them but like i said to you you know off air just before we started recording you know before a ball was kicked this season whilst we tweaked the budget we knew it was still going to be either the lowest or the second lowest budget in the division. And you looked, you know, Weymouth and Dover came down, you know, big clubs, big budgets. Okay, both of them were, could have, you know, <laughs> were very close to being relegated, but things went both their way on the last game of the season. One of them looked like probably they were going to be. You looked at the teams that came up, again, Worthing, Big club, big fan base, healthy budget, finished in the playoffs. Uh, Farnborough, again, another big club that's been in the National League, you know, the old conference, well supported, bigger budget. Taunton, again, a, a bigger club than Hungerford. We knew they'd have more resources than us, had done really well to sort of finish sort of mid table. Chesham was the only one that came up where you looked at them and you thought, well, actually, they're not they're not going to be a wash with with cash. A little bit more support than than Hungerford, and you know, you look at the three smallest budgets in the league: us, Concord, and Chesham. We've all been relegated. Yeah, I mean, the one that obviously does surprise us all was you know Dulwich Hamlet, best supported team in the division and brilliantly run. Uh, although they have had three managers, you know, this season, so I suppose. They obviously felt they got their recruitment wrong at the beginning of the season. Results weren't going their way, changed the manager, and then didn't get the improvement that they expected. 
had the odd little run where they looked like they might be okay, but then had to part with that manager, brought Hakan in, who, you know, a year ago managed the champions, the manager of the season, endured a, a torrid time, you know, with Maidstone. And obviously, it, I suppose he has to put his hand up a little bit, you know, he was part of their relegation. And now Port, you know, he's, he's, he's in, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't turn their fortunes around. So it's been, it's been a strange season, but, but ultimately in football, money talks. And, you know, on Saturday for my last game, you know, as chairman, I, you know, I went there to Ebsfleet, get on really well with Damien Irvine, the CEO. And we knew, obviously we were flat. It, it, it was very difficult, I would imagine, for the gaffer to try and, get the lads up for that. And, you know, you could tell you were watching, you know, a budget that was approximately six times the size of ours, <laughs> you know, and it showed, you yeah. know, it, it, they were four or five times better than us, minimum, you know, all, all over the pitch. You know, we didn't have a single player that would get in their starting 11, never mind their, you know, and probably wouldn't even get in their squad, you know, so... Sadly, you know, in football, eventually, you know, money does catch you up. And you've got to remember, you know, the season that I became sort of chairman-elect, we witnessed, you know, a great escape on the last day of the season with the draw, you know, against East Europe. So two seasons running, you know, we escaped relegation yeah. in the last game of the season. <laughs> and then in my first season, you know, when Ian Herring was the manager, we were, we were bottom when COVID ended it. And I suspect we probably would have gone then but as i've said publicly you know covid sadly although it was an awful thing that happened around the country for for hungerford there was a silver lining it, you know it preserved our status and gave us you know the chance to have the three seasons that we've just had you know mm. fighting you know in a division that financially we're probably not equipped to fighting but we we was you know we were sat seventh when the season ended after the 15 games, which probably got everybody a little bit excited. Um, a mid-table 12th last season, which was a huge success, really. But this season, our luck ran out. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it does seem like that, doesn't it? And, I, and I, don't, I don't want to dwell, for anybody who's been listening to sort of the first part of this podcast, I wanted to just kind of talk about this season. I don't want to dwell too much on this season because overall Patrick I I would say your your tenure at Hungerford Town Football Club and I and I feel like the supporters of Hungerford Town Football Club would agree with this I feel like your your tenure at the club has been has been a success um Hungerford is is one of the smallest um uh, uh populations in the national league to be so it's high the, up. It's the smallest step two there's no smaller postcode now uh, of course however many people live where your football club is doesn't decide uh, how how well you uh, how well you perform on the pitch. That's down to the football team. But but you know it's a club and and you've kind of formed this hashtag and you've had this for quite a while. This small but mighty and we've had that for quite a long time. And I, I kind of wanted to just move on, perhaps maybe to in a kind of sort of part two about kind of what I feel like and maybe maybe you can you can add some into this. What the highs of your time at, at the football club um, have been and and I and I certainly feel like. Um, if if it wasn't on the map before, Hungerford and Hungerford Town Football Club are certainly on the map in in no small part, I think, due to 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 your time at the football club and the the managers that you've appointed to the football club. Um 
I think that uh, off the pitch, um, it would it would seem that you've certainly had uh, had an impact. Um, the, the 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 offerings, the the the, the off the pit, the match day offerings, the, all the stuff around that. Um, it, and I and I remember talking to you, I think way back at the beginning, that that getting stuff right off the pitch was a massive part of what you guys were doing at the, at the club. Do, do you feel like you've achieved that? Even, even though the club going for, going forward will be a step three football club, do you feel like you will have left a base for future growth, future success of Hungerford Town Football Club? Yeah, you probably hit the nail on the head there. It, 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 it's hard to maybe see the successes right now. Because we all love football, and you know, getting relegated is relegated. You know, you, you can't dress it up. It, it, it on the pitch, it's failure. You know, but yeah, off off the pitch, yeah, Nikki, my wife, as you know, plays a huge yes. huge part, and you know, the fans are going to miss her probably, probably more than miss. I want them to be a vote actually on who they might miss most because I've got a feeling I might lose that battle as well. I um, can do that. We can sort that out. No, afterwards. no, please. <laughs> bad enough as it is, Tom. Um, yeah, so you're right. Yeah, I mean, once we did get through that first season and, and we, we appointed Danny and we started really looking at the match day experience. Uh, you know, we started the Burger Wars once yep. he was confident that it was the best. And, you know, we've been voted the best by so many away fans, you know, for our food offering. And, and Nikki and the girls take all the credit, you know, for that, the work they've done, and that's been unbelievable. The media team have backed me, you know, when I keep saying, look, come on, do this, do that. You know, the hashtag small but mighty, Burger Wars, four for a score. You know, that, that offer gets talked about, um, you know, all over step two. And, and funny enough, even though we were relegated and Bath City came the other Tuesday night who had absolutely nothing to play for. 380 people still turned up at Bullpit Lane on a Tuesday <laughs> night. It was pretty chilly as well. And the amount of people came to say, I've got to try the Bullpit Beast mm. because we sort of put it out there on Twitter, last chance to try the Bullpit yeah. Beast this season. It'll still be there next season, by the way. Um, and, and people were coming from all over. To, to, to have a ball pit beast and Nikki had the one of the biggest queues, you know, probably <laughs> as big a queue as she had the week before against Dulwich Hamlet with 719 there. Um, so I suppose if we're looking at successes, uh, so beyond the scoreboard, I suppose, you know, the fact that we inherited a club with you know crowds in sort of the low 200s, hmm. and we're now this season, I think we've finished on a league average of 431. So something like that. Uh, last season was about 450. So a little bit down on last season, but not massively considering we've been in a relegation battle yeah. since day one. Off the pitch, uh, yeah, I think you have to say that's been successful. You know, more juniors coming, their parents coming. You know, the other Saturday against Dulwich, there was junior tournaments on the pitch an hour, hour and a half before kickoff. 136 juniors came to watch that game with about 80 something parents, you know, so been off the pitch, definitely been successful with help of volunteers, committee sponsors and generous donations. We've managed to carry out quite a few improvements, you know, at the ground, the FA Cup run last season paid for the digital scoreboard. 
we managed to finish building the stand you know and O'Donoghue made a very generous donation to get that finished for us um we built new changing rooms which Laura Farris that was her first official plaque <laughs> in the Yorkshire um which was quite so yeah there's been some wonderful things and the the blueprint is there um and at step three there's still bigger clubs and bigger postcodes at step three and there will be bigger budgets but you'd like to think the legacy will be we should still attract the best local players we'll still be the biggest club in west berkshire you know so you would hope that next season a competitive squad could be put together for step three obviously it's going to be a different squad you know there might be a few lads that that stay there'll be a few that think they can still play step two football well, that remains to be seen what happens. But you would hope commercially we, you know, we're, we're well run. You know, we we don't run with a, a, an overdraft. You know, we, we live within our means. Yeah, we've, we've splashed a bit of cash at it the last 10 weeks of the season, brought in loan players. But again, we had a good FA Trophy run and we just felt we needed to just give it a shot and you know mathematically up until what three games to go we still we were still in there with a shout so no regrets in giving it a go and if we'd still got relegated without giving it a go you'd have always been thinking hmm I wonder so yeah we the blueprint is there and you know I just hope you know the committee and, and whoever ends up becoming chairman stick to some of the things that we brought in you know the four for score still a great offer at step three it's good value at step three and the girls that work with nikki in the snack shack they're staying um a volunteer step forward to go and get all the supplies that obviously nikki normally does so a lot of it should remain very similar off the pitch you know the juniors involvement parents coming in free with under 11s um so I'm hoping that they that the crowds won't suffer too much by relegation and that they can still be competitive and you know punching around the top six places and try and get back to step two. It's it's obviously that that coming coming back, getting back up is, is going to be a very tough um a, a very tough thing to do we've just seen um over the weekend and i know you were at the, the bracknell town game on the weekend and they narrowly lost in i think the fifth minute of injury time against truro city it was one minute and, left literally yeah when the goal and, but you know bracknell has a budget of whatever it is um and they would have you know they, they obviously weren't quite good enough to win the division, but you would think they'll be back there next year. Whether Hungerford end up in that division again, you know, is up to, to, to see what the reshuffle in the summer looks like. Well, they will be. Um, yeah, they'll definitely be in the Southern. Yes. Perhaps, yeah. Um, but but it, obviously, you know, so, so coming back is not not necessarily a certainty, but but what is a certainty, as I say, is 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 those, those high points off the pitch, what you seem to have managed to achieve off the pitch. But but also, I wanted to just look at uh, some of the players. You know, you've got um, you've got players that have been talked about as being highly coveted by by other teams. There are players you've developed. We mentioned two of them in in Danny Seeger and Sol Wangel Smith. Um, but you've also had a young lad called Jed Ward, who's played EFL League One football this season um, for Bristol Rovers, and is being talked about as a uh, as a as a potential. 
you know future number one for for that team and and and, and that kind of thing you've had you know you've had a in fact you've had a couple of players from Bristol Rovers I did want to ask you about that connection but obviously you've had you've had a few players in in from Bristol Rovers you've done yeah, very well here. yes in, in in Ryan Jones as well and and you know you've got you've got young Jake Evans um, who's who's had a who's had a very good season from from what I can see. So so there there are and, and I would say that there would appear to be to me to be to be plenty of of high points that that have that have um, happened at Hungerford Town during your during your tenure. So um, I, I would certainly look back on that and, and 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 as I say, you know, it'll take a little while I think for you to perhaps yourself and Nikki to perhaps fully. Uh, see what you achieved there, and 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 maybe we'll maybe we will only really see what you achieved come next season because it will depend on on those foundations that you've built, doesn't it? I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've become friends with with Kane, you know, the mm. chairman and owner of Bracknell Town, and we talk openly with each other about budgets. And obviously, you know, he got one eye on getting that promotion, so. He was asking me about certain things, you know, in the National League South, what sort of budgets do you need? So he knew to the penny what our budget was. Mm -hmm. and, and funnily enough, the budget we had in the National League South this season was identical to the budget Bracknell had. <laughs> step three, up to, pretty much to the penny, Tom. Mm -hmm. And Kane won't mind me saying that. You know, so that Bracknell have been incredibly competitive. Yeah. With, with that budget, obviously they had those cut runs, which massively would have helped their their finances. But like you say, they still just just fell short. So he knows what's required to be competitive at that level financially, um, and he knows that that same budget, if they had achieved promotion, probably would have seen them fighting for their lives. Mm. They're just the same Hungerford have been doing so. You know, that's that's what we're talking about. So a, a healthy budget at step three it is just not enough once you get to step two because you know you've got clubs spending half a million pound plus. You know, our budget, I think we set a budget for 165,000. We ended up spending about 175, you know, something like that. Um and, and it was just nowhere near enough, you know, and you've got Ebsfleet who, as far as I'm aware, was spending around a million. You know, so that's what you're up against. And there's lots and lots of teams spending 250, 350, 400,000. So it, it's a big ask and probably easier to stay here once you're here, which mm. would have had those seven seasons, which is something the fans and everybody will always look back on with some pride. Um, but to get here is hard. You know, Western yeah. Super big club, as far as I'm aware, we're spending quite a lot of money and are looking at some very, very good players for National League South next season, which is going to be incredibly competitive. Yeah. With Yeovil, Torquay, <laughs> you, know, uh, you look at the clubs that have come up, you know, Western Supermare, Bishop Stortford, you know, some, it's going to be really, really tough in the National League South next season. It's going to be fascinating to see, I think, uh, how that how that division pans out. And and um, let, let's just sort of just round round things off nicely. You you obviously for for anybody that that wasn't aware, you yourself and your wife Nikki are are taking over at Gloucester City uh, next season. Now Gloucester City could well be uh, Gloucester City National League North Club, aren't they? And yeah. they could well by the time you take over next year, they could be a National League. I wish they would call it the Premier. It drives me mad. Yeah. 
that, 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 that it isn't. So step they, one. could be a step one. They could, could yeah. Um, yeah. When, when you go in there, so so just sort of to, to round things off. Obviously, I know you you wrote a you, you wrote a lovely um, you know kind of um, when when you decided to leave. You mentioned this already in January. You posted that you were going to you, yourself and Nicky were going to be stepping aside. Um, how how did that come about at Gloucester City? That Gloucester City is a very interesting club, and I am sure there will be a few Gloucester City supporters who will be listening to this, trying sure. to trying to trying to pull out what you're going to say. I, I understand the relationship with the media um, from from the from the club at the moment is not brilliant. You obviously have had a brilliant relationship with your local media, not not just not just us, but but Robbie Stelling at the New yeah, News. Um, that that is that is clearly something that is going to be part of what you do. Let's yeah. say the charm offensive when you when you get in there. But but let's just sort of start at the beginning. Where where do you where how did that come about, and and and, and why have you decided to take that decision? Well, it came about really quite simply. So it, in that. Covid season, the the one that got cut short, mm. where it was only fifteen games, uh, we played a pre-season friendly at Gloucester City. It was the very first game held back at the stadium since it had yep. been rebuilt, and Alex and Eamon you know, had put in a lot of money uh, to to make that happen. Uh, so obviously, I met Alex because um, only officials of the club were allowed to be in attendance. There was no fans allowed. Um, that was a really exciting sort of 3-3 draw. And obviously, if you remember that season, they were top mm. of National League North when it ended after 15 games with James Rowe as their manager. And we were sat seventh in National League South in a playoff place. And there was that little two-week gap. They, they, they closed the season down for two weeks and then were supposed to restart. Which they did. So we actually played them again in another friendly, just to keep the lads mm. on their toes. Um, and that was 2-2. So, you know, we knew how competitive we were. Um, and Alex and I just, we, we became friends. Um, I went to his 40th birthday the following season. We chat from time to time. He appeared on my podcast, you know, my From the Chair, which, you know, that was, you know it, that some of the emotions coming out of Alex in that particular podcast were, were, were unbelievable. And he was talking to me all pre-Christmas about his thoughts about, you know, stepping away and and tongue in cheek a couple of times, even maybe a year ago, he would sort of say, well, you'd make a great chairman here. And I went, oh, hold on a minute. You know, I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. But then when we were chatting over Christmas and he absolutely, he needed to focus on his business as well. He's been very open and honest, you know, about finances and he's had to make some people redundant. He's in property um, and he's got the best intentions for that football club. You know, he's poured five or six years of his life into it, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds into it, maybe even into the millions, along with Eamon. Um, and he wants it to go to safe hands. So the tongue-in-cheek conversations suddenly became a little bit more meaningful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sort of like what the football club really needs is someone like you and Nicky. And and then then the seed's there, isn't it? And then Nicky's thinking, oh, you know, imagine what we could do there. You know, it's a city, 150,000, yeah. not a postcode of 6,000. And 
And I suppose we did feel we'd taken Hungerford pretty much as far as we could take them off the pitch. Um, you know, it felt like we probably had squeezed the lemon, and I've used that expression. And I'd always said from the day I took the job, I would give it three to five years. So I've been true to my word. You know, I've done I've done four. And the opportunity to take over a club, you know, it's the biggest, it's the largest English city that's never had a league club. Um, and you'll hear people say, oh, well, it's a rugby city. Well, my answer to that is, in my lifetime, Leicester Tigers have been the most dominant rugby club and it didn't stop Leicester City win the Premier League. No. So, <laughs> you know, I, surely a city of that size should aspire to have a good sports team in as many sports as they possibly can. Um, so, yeah, we, then obviously had, I'd met Eamon very briefly, but not had any sort of relationship with him. Met Eamon as well. And um, we sort of agreed a way forward. We take over officially on June the 1st. Um, we've got an option to purchase the freehold and the football ground for over three years. We can exercise that option at any time. Um, and that's at a, with a ceiling figure. So if we do build a club up in year one, year two, and it becomes more valuable, the benefit stays with the football club. It doesn't it doesn't go elsewhere. Um, but, you know, it, it it just was sound, feels like the right fit. Uh, in fact, Nicky was there on Saturday. You know, I went and did my you know, bit at Ebsfleet, but Nicky went to see what it was like on a match day because we'd been, obviously, to friendlies and I went to see a match earlier in the season just one evening because I was free. And Alex said, oh, why don't you come across? But nothing to do with taking over back then. So it gave Nicky a chance to see it with a big crowd, just under 2,000 there. Huge game. Yeah. Typical Nicky was on the gate before the game, welcoming fans. <laughs> Hello. And then she found herself working behind the bar because there was sweat. <laughs> I think she saw literally the last five minutes of the game. But she did actually see the winner go in. And, um, yeah, it, 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 it just... It's an opportunity that we just felt we, we got to take and we, we feel we are quite strong at running a football club. Like I say, managing the match day experience, um, having good relationships with the media, trying to make the right decisions, making sure your media team, and they're all volunteers, by the way, at home, mm. um, are, are on a journey with you. So... It'll be very much winning hearts and minds. We've already done. I've already done a Q and A there. Uh, literally late January, I think it was, early February. Met uh, probably about 150 fans came for a Q and A. That went really well. I, I've had meetings now with the supporters trust, with their board. Got a great relationship with them, um, and being quite open with them about things that we feel we need to, you know. That improve on, and we know the investments required as well. You know, we've got to improve the electric supply so that we can get the catering right. And you know, there's lots of things to be done to get the match day experience right. So it just feels a good fit, and it's an opportunity that we could that I had to take. You know, I, I, I do, I found I actually do enjoy being chairman of a football club. Football is my hobby, I, I'm passionate about it, I don't earn a penny out of it. In fact, the opposite. The <laughs> <You know, laughs> chairman who told you he's earning money out of running a football club is a liar. Um, so it's my hobby, uh, and I dedicate a lot of time to my hobby. 
you know, Nicky's been pretty much a full-time volunteer at Hungerford Town for, for quite some time, you know, putting on all the events, quiz nights and yeah. all the things that she does in Bobby Kit and sponsors. So, but yeah, it, we, we just want to see what we can do over those three years. The, we hope we're in a position where we can trigger then the option to purchase the freehold. And, you know, depending on what happens in the playoffs coming up, you know, make sure we're competitive at the right end of the table, no matter what table we're in. Patrick, uh, I really, really appreciate your time uh, talking to us. Um, you, you've been, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and as I said earlier, I, I'm sure as far as, as as many of the Hungerford fans will attest to, um, you will be you'll be sorely missed, certainly in in West Berkshire. Um, and we wish you all the very best of luck, yourself and and your wife Nikki at Gloucester City. Um, and you know, good luck. Good luck in the playoffs. It it, it must be quite odd um, having one foot in a relegation and one foot in a in a playoff. That that's that's not something that that is is a is a regular occurrence. I don't suppose. Yeah. We're going. We, you know, we are going tomorrow night, obviously to Brackley. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it, it's it's bizarre emotions really because there's a bit of excitement about the future, but then obviously there's still an element of deflation, and you know, I really wanted to to keep Hungford Town, you know, where I found it, but sadly, look right now. Patrick, thank you very much. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by Ticket Pass. Ticket Pass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by the Curious Academy, skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills boot camps, and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk.